everybody? Rogue Table Talk. This is episode 28. 28. Can you believe it? I can't. I cannot believe That's it. Pretty good number. Back and we start. 28 weeks ago. 28 weeks ago. <laughs> By my math. Uh, yeah, I, I was a different person, really. I think yeah, grown I've so grown. Much. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a lot of change. Last Twenty-eight weeks. A lot of growth. A lot of change. Uh, some of it was painful. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. So uh, we're in our new series. We can we can we can we can do it at a different beginning. And Jake Jake will fix all. That. Yeah, Jacob. He's gonna I'll x all that. In a edit it. Splice yeah. some voiceover of someone else. Uh, entrusted new series. Um, we're stewards, stewards of everything, stewards of, you know, the earth, our stories, our hearts, we're stewards of finances. Um, so last week, I really enjoyed the podcast last week. I thought we got into some uh, interesting conversations there. Interesting it was water. like our 27th best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Top 30, definitely. <laughs> and yeah, so we were talking about contentment and this week, where are we going? Well, we're going to kind of take the other side of the coin and talk about more, uh, wanting more, <clears throat> needing more, uh, having to have more. And then what that does is particularly financially often leads us into debt. Uh, but I want to start by reading Proverbs 37 through nine, uh, where, um, I don't know, this is not Solomon, this is somebody else, uh, one of the other proverb writers. Uh, second or third string proverb writer uh, uh, writes, <laughs> but it's still God's word. Uh, two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So you can see it's obviously not Solomon who's got more. He's, he has, yeah. He's in the more category. So this is somebody who's saying, give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm -hmm. And the reason is one might lead me into one kind of sin and one might lead me into another kind of sin. I, I really do love Proverbs. Uh, the wisdom literature is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Um, and this... I, I hear this and I've said this and I, I say this, um, man, I just hate living paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. which is probably not even really true to mm -hmm. some degree when some people say it, it's right. probably more true for some people. Right. Like they really can't go get food until that mm -hmm. paycheck comes in. Right. Um, but essentially he's saying that may be the best thing for me. Give me just what I need. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you. Yeah. And so I think that's the danger of more is that uh, it leads us away from dependence. And yet we will often go to great lengths to get more, that we need more, you know. And that's so, I mean, maybe we start with what do you want more of? Uh, what do I want more of? Yeah. Uh, probably a mixed bag, right? Yeah. Like some good things, some eternal things. Mm-hmm. Some not so eternal. Yeah, I think we could all probably answer the question, if you had a bag full of gold and you could just spend it how you wanted, mm -hmm. you probably have a list of 10 things pretty quick. Yeah, right. Right, stuff that, oh, yeah, turns out I do want more. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right. 
now that I have a bag of gold. Um, and when we want more, <clears throat> again, I, I say this sort of with trepidation because you don't want it to be a, a, a condemning a desire right. or wanting in general, but it's wanting something that, um, in a sense, replaces my, my, uh, heavenly desire for, for God, for God's people, for God's mission, for God's purpose, for God's identity, all those things that should go with, with that wanting more <clears throat> when I'm saying it, I'm saying it sort of in a cultural sense, we want more money, possessions, stuff, yeah. experiences, whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we had that conversation. You know, I think that's that's a good caution because we are getting to the enjoyment part of entrusted mm -hmm. with stuff, right? And I think that is uh, part of the human story and part of how the gospel uh, reforms us is uh, to truly enjoy things in their mm -hmm. existence for the proper sake. Yeah, you know, with right. the proper uh, balance, so to speak. Right. Um, but I remember, you know, we're living in a condo. We have two bedrooms, um, two baths. How many kids at this we point? We have four kids. Okay. We get into four kids and, and we really do start to wrestle with, okay, at some, I do think we might need more space. Mm -hmm. you six, know? six humans. You have six humans, two bedrooms. Two bedrooms. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we had an extra space that we had the other kids in. It wasn't like there were four kids in one room. Like and, the hallway and, outside. <laughs> outside, we put a, <laughs> put a tent out. <laughs> Balcony was perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I was in school, and so we were kind of living on a limited budget. But um, the conversation about more came up, and it wasn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing. Um, it's interesting though, because I feel like maybe this is not true for you, but it is for me, we got more and I got into a, a space that I probably never dreamed that we'd get into. For mm -hmm. me, it was mm -hmm. a very large house. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's three bedroom house, but it was a very large house. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is two, three, four, five years down the road, you have the conversation about, well, should we have more? Right. Do we expand more? Right. Do we, and, and I feel like maybe that always works because there's some, com in some way, cause there's a comparison to what you have now. Mm -hmm. Like I need a bigger or I need a newer or I need a faster phone or whatever that is. I don't know. Do you feel like that is the thing? I mean, that's it exactly. It's perfectly sort of natural in our culture. Yeah. You've got six kids, you've got six or six kids, you've got six humans, you've got two bedrooms. Yeah. It's not unreasonable to want to be in a bigger space. The problem is if we put all our hopes and dreams, mm -hmm. like if I then get this, then happily ever after, and that never happens. Right. Uh, and I don't think we really believe that. I think at some point we feel like, well, surely if I have this, I won't want more, but that's not how more works. It doesn't work like that. Uh, it, you always want more because, uh, it is the the acquisition of it's like we've become addicted to thinking about more mm -hmm. to dreaming about more to wanting more uh and that's almost like it's like planning the vacation is is part of the vacation uh which is great for vacations but when it's for things like this then it often can lead us down a a path of of discontentment which we talked about uh last week but it could lead us into bad financial decisions it could lead us into debt uh, things that, and I, you know, I think debt is not, <clears throat> desire is not bad. Mm -hmm. Debt is not 
inherently evil. Right. Uh, debt is borrowing from the future for something that you want or need now, which when you, you know, purchase a house or a car, most people have to do that. Now for a while we purchased used cars, uh, when our kids were, you know, all of it, we were all in the house together. Our kids were going to school. We purchased, um, typically, uh, pay cash for used cars. Um, but typically you people most, you don't have that kind of money. You don't have enough money to buy a house. You want to live in a house. There's nothing wrong with having a mortgage, uh, but it is borrowing. You do have to pay it. I mean, it is borrowing for the future for something you want now or mm. need now. It's fine, but it can be overdone. You know, another proverb is that, you know, the borrower is slave to the lender to some degree. You've lost some, you're trading some freedom, some financial freedom. Yeah. There's money in the future you can't spend right? because it's, you already spent it in a sense. You're owing it for your house. Saving would is in a sense, it's borrowing from borrowing against now for the future. And that's a good thing. There are proverbs that are, you know, that we should save. Uh, we'll get to those later. Um, but it can be overdone. Yeah. Like Jesus tells us parable of the rich man with his barns, right? Right. That, hey, I'm going to build my barns down, build bigger barns, I'll store up my grain. Put up everything in there. I'll eat, drink, and be merry. Mm-hmm. Everything's wonderful. And then, you know, that night his life is required of him. And what has that all gotten for him? Nothing. And, you know, some, so some of us are more tempted to borrow from the future to, you know, to make, my, make ourselves happy, to have an experience we want you know, to charge the vacation or whatever. Some of us are more, uh, tempted to, uh, hoard mm-hmm. and to, uh, say, you know, save, so uh, save money. Not, it's not the amount that that's the issue. It's the, um, I won't, I don't feel secure about the future unless I have X amount of money saved. Yeah. And then it's doing something, right. It's doing something for me. That's not really about money at all. It's about, security and so forth. And, and so, and that's one of the things that's a the problem that we get into with more is, um, what am I willing to do to have more? Yeah. And how many, um, I feel like each time there is a more that, uh, well, let's just specifically as it relates to debt each time I'm going to have a more, or I'm going to have a more now, but I need to go into an agreement of a loan or mm-hmm. a credit card purchase. I'm shaking hands. Yeah. Even if I can't see the person, I'm shaking hands right. in agreement with right. all of these. Making uh, a commitment. Making a commitment. And that takes a psychological toll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember this is, it is really weird that me and my wife got into this situation for the first four to five years of marriage. <clears throat> Towards the end of the year, just like clockwork, we would have between four and $5,000 of credit card debt, mm-hmm. like, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. We'd get a tax refund. It would be around the same. Mm-hmm. We'd pay it all off. We'd commit. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know how we got there, but mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. December rolls around mm-hmm. four to $5,000 of credit card debt. It was really interesting. And, and one of the most challenging thing was I would see that bill come in and the weight mm-hmm. for me, even mm-hmm. a couple thousand dollars, sure. I was like, Oh, Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And I can't pay it off. Mm-hmm. It was, it was painful, mm-hmm. but it also limited us. Like you said, sure. the slave is, is, uh, or the borrower slave to the lender. It also limited what we could do at that time because I thought, well, we've got to keep our money tight so that we can pay this off. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. there is this, this almost a bondage type experience to debt, yeah. almost whatever the ratio is. Right. Yeah. And I think that's right. I think it, the, one of the prices you pay is you're, you're mortgaging some of your freedom in the future, uh, to have something now. And again, to some extent, if you're going to buy a home or something, um, or you need to buy a car that might be legitimate. Uh, but, but we, we do need to look at the price, uh, that it has on us. I, I, one of, when I got one of the, I was an engineer for 10 years and when it, when it came, the question about whether we should go into ministry or not came up, one of the things that was not present for us was, uh, well, you know, obviously I can't do that because we've got 30, whatever, $50,000 in debt. Like we didn't have that debt. So the lack of that debt provided freedom Mm -hmm. to follow God in some other area that I hadn't mortgaged the future against something. You didn't have, um, yeah, you didn't have that debt. I didn't have that. You know, I'm obviously we had, we had a mortgage, but, uh, we didn't have other debt on top of that, which allowed then to something unexpected came along, some opportunity for mission ministry, a different role. And okay, uh, whether we do it or not is one is a question, but the money, the, 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 you know, the debt hanging over us didn't, wasn't part of that conversation. Didn't, it wasn't, didn't exist. And I think that's part of, we, we do sort of, I mean, we say, you know, the, the borrower slave to the lender. That sounds sort of extreme, sure. But in a way we do become, I mean, that $5,000 in a sense enslaved you. To it did. It, it, it limits limited you. Absolutely. Sure. It put, it put tighter constraints on quite a few different areas and things. So one, so as we thinking about more and, and, you know, the desire for more and what we will do to get more, uh, you know, and that's part of that is debt and, and what gets us into that situation. I mean, one of the things I think we should probably realize is that there can be for some people almost an addictive quality to, um, uh, or a sort of habitual quality to, I need more, uh, rationally. I know I shouldn't buy this thing rationally. I know I shouldn't charge this thing, mm-hmm. but, and I talk myself into it and cause it'll be cool to have it. And then a week later I have regret. And it's yeah. almost like somebody with, you know, almost a drug habit where I rationally know this is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I keep talking myself into it. And then I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And part of what I do with that feeling is buy something else. So, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, sure. So shop more to soothe feel bad uh, about the shopping. buyer's remorse right. uh, or something deeper. Yeah. Like the thing I got didn't actually make me happy. And if I was honest, I thought it was going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. So now I'm maybe more disappointed that it didn't. And I need to do something to soothe my disappointment or remorse. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we get in that cycle, right. uh, habitual cycle of, well, I'll buy something else. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's, maybe why I bought the first thing and right. so on. Uh, and again, in that case, the, your issue for that person is not primarily money yeah, at right. all. Money is sort of a red flag. The debt is sort of an indication of 
like something's out of whack here. Yeah. Like something needs to change about my life. Right. You know, when you keep coming up with that much debt at the end of the year, okay, some, okay, there's a money issue, but really there's another issue. Yeah, there's some type of emotional driver, uh, a, a belief system driver. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and, and the invitation is, okay, well, what is it? Yeah. Like, can I pay attention to that? Am I looking for get this stuff now? Cause that's mm -hmm. another thing with debt. Some mm -hmm. of it is, Okay, you may need to upgrade, but the timeline may not be sure. right. That's right. And so we want things now because we sure. want to keep up with the Joneses or generationally, um, we want to keep up with our, where our parents' lifestyle yeah. is. Yeah. And right. so we want it now. Right. Even though they've lived and worked a lot longer. Right, worked for 20, 30 years right. for it. Yeah. So there's those drivers. Like, yeah. what are those drivers for us? Yeah, and I don't want people to get hung up because I tend to be more on the other side where I can be a Pharisee about spending money. Uh, is if you need a new phone, okay, and you have money, get, get, a, new right, phone, get a new phone, right? But if you have to have the new phone the day it comes out because now your phone is unsatisfactory, <laughs> the new phone's not gonna be satisfactory either. Jacob, have you ever stood in line for the release of the phone? No, he says no. Jacob says right. no. Tech guy says no. No, he has his I believe him. He has his people do that for him. And just so we're clear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Just so we're clear, correct me if I'm wrong, when Proverbs talks about debt, the conversation isn't a, primarily about sin. It's about wisdom and foolishness. Right. Yes. And right. so we're not, we're that's not right. in the black and white category right. of this is right, right and wrong. That's, why, that's not evil. That's not a sin. Uh, but it, if, if you are tending towards foolishness in your debt, then there's right. some, it, you're doing that for a reason. Right. There's something going on that you need to look at. Uh, we talked about this a little bit ago, a book both of us have read. It's called In the Realm of uh, Hungry Ghosts. Uh, that's right, isn't it? In the yeah, Realm of Hungry in the realm Ghosts. Of yeah. Gabor Mate. Yeah, so it's, it's about really addiction. It's a really a very, very interesting book, not on this topic at all, really, except uh, it does talk about addictive uh, things. And it, one of his theses is that we all are sort of have addictive personalities to some degree or another. Uh, and one of the quotes in the book is it's hard to get enough of something that almost works. And that's, it almost works. It mm -hmm. almost satisfies mm -hmm. me to buy the new phone. Right. Almost satisfies me. Like for a day or two, it feels like it does. And right. then I realize, uh, but you know, then I forget that it didn't satisfy me and it's, it is similar. I mean, he's talking about heroin addiction, Yeah, but the same thing applies to any sort of compulsive or, you know, if somebody asks you, why did you, you know, why did you do that? And you say, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I can't control it. It's a compulsive a behavior, yeah, a uh, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And I think the studies have been shown to, there's something uh, neurologically in the brain to the transaction, mm -hmm. to the purchase. Yes. Right. You get some dopamine, you, you get, get some you dopamine, get a something going right. on there. That, right. Right. You anticipate the purchase just like you anticipate some pleasure like that dopamine inducing pleasure like a meal or like sex or like if you're an addict like drugs yeah uh so so this is interesting i don't know if this takes us too far off can bring me back if it does i love uh advent christmas mm -hmm. the build up mm -hmm. to christmas day mm -hmm. i love it mm -hmm. everything about it christmas day is one of the most disappointing days mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. it just is i can't possibly live up it to. can't satisfy yeah. like it doesn't yeah. like all of the hype and all of the anticipation yeah. and the um tension built up then you get the stuff and whatever and it's i don't know i feel like there's always going to be a level this side of eternity 
where anything you want, even if you get it, it's still going to be mildly disappointing. Yeah. Well, like, right. It has to be because, and that's, you know, I think this, this, I think is related to what you're talking about. You know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, I come that you might have life and have it to the full. And I think we consistently in a hundred different ways try to shortcut that or short circuit. Like we don't really believe that Jesus wants to give us this life of flourishing. And we keep pushing him aside and saying, my life of flourishing is by buying this, by taking this, by going here, by, by having this sort of Christmas. Like this is what I've set it up as I need this Mm -hmm. to be happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, as we, and that uh, as, as addiction works and it, that the more I do that, the more of it I need. Yeah. Like physically, when you're addicted to something, it actually, you know, the dopamine releases and so on. And then it actually, your brain actually shuts down some of your dopamine receptors. Cause I was like, oh, that was too much dopamine. Mm-hmm. So now you need more right, right, right. to get the same amount. And then pretty soon when you're a truly full, fully addict, you're you're compulsively doing it and you're not getting hardly any pleasure from it. Mm. Like the compulsive buyer, the compulsive gambler, like he, at some point doesn't even enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he has mm-hmm. to do it, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't even enjoy it anymore. Mm. It's like taken over his life. Uh, and I do think that, you know, borrower being slave to the lender, that's more the sense, I think, not, you know, physical enslavement or the, you know, the borrower right. come and throw you in debtor's prison for that's not going to happen for us, but for us, it is this, this anxiety, this, whatever it is that can be very destructive, uh, for us. And I think if we just, if we really believed that the life of flourishing is in following Christ and walking with him and becoming more like him, it seems so countercultural. Mm-hmm. It seems so whatever, you know, that he didn't have a place to lay his head and he had the life of flourishing. And we feel like my place to lay my head is not nearly good enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> and in order to flourish, right. I need a better place to yeah. lay my head. Right? <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I just, we, we don't really believe that yeah. at, at its core message. And listen, I have a house, got cars. I mean, uh, we're, we're very blessed. So having those things is not the problem. It's am I hoping in them too? You know, it's the hoping for more kind of a thing. Um, okay. So let me, let me change gears slightly. Okay. And, you know, one of the, the, one of the things that we've been, you know, like what I have is not sufficient. So it's what I don't have that I'm focused on. So there's, there's emotional drivers, there's systems that go on underneath our purchases or our thoughts or there's there's truths and lies that we tell ourselves about right. stuff right so yeah so one of the uh, implicit lies is it's not what i have it's what i don't have and so i'm focused i don't have the new iphone i don't have the new car i yes. don't have it and that's what's what's driving and so but if we've turned the question around and if we are stewards uh if we're entrusted to time to abilities, energy, life, family, relationships, money, possessions, then the question might now be more usefully put is why do I have the things that I have? Mm. Uh, Why have I been entrusted with these? Particularly if you look at materially, we've been entrusted 
you know, most everyone listening to this podcast of our, you know, millions of listeners. <laughs> um, but you know, for Americans, North Americans, European, we have way more, mm -hmm. not only that and everyone else in history comparatively, but everyone else in the world, we've been in trust. Like, why do I have that? Mm. And you know, why do I have the relationships I have? Why do I have, why has God put me here in this family, in this place, in this ministry, in this mission? Um, and what am I doing with that? Like, what am I, if I'm a steward, what am I responsible for? What is my stewardship? Why do I have what I have? And what am I supposed to be doing with yeah. it? Uh, you know, the Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to like, so all the cattle belongs to the Lord. Well, I mean, all those, a lot of that cattle has human owners, you know, obviously. Yeah. Right. So all the cars belong to the Lord, all the houses belong to the Lord. Um, he owns everything. So, so he's entrusted me with this. So why, what, what am I supposed to be doing with it? And that's now a whole different question. And it goes way beyond money, of course. Um, but it brings me to, for me, the parable of the talents is, you know, kind of where Jesus is making that point, I think. Yeah. Before you jump into that, just mm -hmm. one quick thought, just to, when you were saying that, I thought to myself, wow, I didn't even realize so we have, we have two TVs in the house. Mm -hmm. They're nice TVs. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't even realize until you were saying that, that we focus on what we don't have, that subconsciously or somewhere between subconsciously and consciously, I was thinking about, man, we should probably grab another TV. We could put it uh, in the living room. Mm -hmm. We could probably replace the one downstairs. It's, you know, 16 years old, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And then you said that and I thought, okay, Here's my five-day challenge for myself. I'm going to try to catch myself anytime I start to think about, oh, I don't have that. I should get a new one. Mm -hmm. I want another one. Mm -hmm. I want a better one. I want what I don't have. So I'm just going to try. That's my five-day challenge. Join me if good. you want. I think that's good. I think that, because I think we, we talked about this last time, that everything in our culture, everything in our culture points us in the other direction. Yeah. Every, cause we're surrounded by advertisements, by other people telling us about the thing they just bought or whatever right, right. It's everywhere. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, again, we talked about it last time, but it's almost ridiculous. I mean, I, if somebody would have told me that I would have had a 32 inch TV, you know, when I was 40, I would have said, wow, wow. <laughs> that you're going to make those. <laughs> And yeah. now I have one, in, we have one in our bedroom and it's like, it's kind of small. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, why didn't we get a 44? <laughs> more, we need more TV. Yeah. Um, but the question is, you know, why have I been given what I've been given? Yeah. Why am I here? Why I have this? Why have I been entrusted with it? Instead of, I could have been born somewhere else. I could have been, you know, I could be in a whole different situation. Uh, and so what am I responsible for? And the parable of the talents is, it, you know, it speaks to that. And the talents, uh, I think literally in the parable are money, but yeah, money. money, but it could be, you know, it's, it could stand for other things as well, but it is, it is money, uh, in the thing. And, and the context of the parable is this is what it will be like when the kingdom arrives. Like, oh, this is a bunch of teaching about, tell us what it'll be like at the end. Right part of the Olivet discourse, I believe is the matter of, you know, what it's going to be like when, 
when the end comes, right? And so it starts, uh, I think it's Matthew 25, four, starting in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. So that the man going on a journey, calling his servants, that's, that's Jesus, where the servants were entrusted his property. So just to be explicit about mm-hmm. that. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So he also, who had two talents, made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had uh, received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter in the joy of your master. And he also, he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So at this point, we've had two faithful servants. Mm-hmm. Proportionately the same amount of faithfulness and they've received exactly the same praise. So far, so good. Yeah. Uh, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I wouldn't hid your talent in the ground here. You have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered, scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has more, whoever who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just a little up-tempo story for you, for (laughs) y'all. Obviously, it's it's not, it's talking about much more than money. It's talking about just the whole life. And to respond in faithfulness, part of which means responding in faithfulness to the gospel, fruit, if you respond in faithfulness, fruit will be produced and you will be rewarded if you do not respond to the, 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 the talent of the gospel, so, so to speak, you will not enter into that eternal reward. But the principle also is whatever I'm entrusted with, it is, it, you know, the master is going to return and he's going to say, what'd you do with that condo? Yeah. Right? What'd yeah. you do with that house? Right. Uh, what'd you do with that income that I gave you with those means that I gave you? What did, what did you do with it? And now I have a responsibility, right, to, um, to steward well. Uh, and so then back to the original, what about debt? If debt debt helps me steward God's mission, ministry, whatever more than fine. But if it's a hindrance, then it's not fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Like we have debt on this church building, but at the time, you know, we needed to build this building to accomplish the, how's the people have the ministries people of, you know, much ministry has been done here. And that's a good return on us. I think, uh, you know, not doing this would have, we would have saved the debt and mm-hmm. missed out on the ministry. Um, and that, so that's, a, that puts it, that puts the question in a whole different cast. Right. 
right? Like it's not just up to me. Yeah, because uh, none of none of those talents were theirs. Right. There was an agreement and understanding of right. I'm going to let you have this or borrow it, and I'm going to come back for it. Right. Right. And the question is, so then why? You know what? When, what am I supposed to be doing with yeah, this? Yeah, and stuff? that's. I mean, I think it's true, and I think maybe we say it so much it loses its um, potency, but. It's nothing is really, really mine. Mm -hmm. You know, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's everything in it. As you said, Psalm 50 or early 50s, uh, cattle on a thousand hills. Like it's every square inch, Mm -hmm. as Abraham Kuyper says, Mm -hmm. uh, belongs to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every square inch of the universe. He's the king. It's his. That's what it means. We're the subjects. The Bible says that he's the Lord of glory. Right. He's the Lord of creation. Um, to be Lord of something, it means he has dominion over everything. Mm-hmm. And even the dominion that he gives to humanity, it's a mm-hmm. stewardship dominion. Um, it's a rule in my yeah. stead, but I'll hold you accountable. Right. There's accountability to it. Right. So nothing is really mine. So yeah, I think that's a fair question is, okay, like how is my whole life to be some sense of missional uh, movement forward? Right Now, obviously that for me, I don't necessarily take that to interpret. Um, I've got to uh, take a vow of poverty. Right. Um, no, I right. don't think that's right. That's not it's, how I read those It doesn't mean passages. it's wrong to take vacations. Right. It doesn't mean God wants to bless. He's got. He's got plenty. He rested really, on the seventh day. Yeah, that's right. That's not the issue at all. Uh, it, it's not like he's a hedge fund manager and he wants his return. <laughs> right. It's it's really not about that at all. It's am I going to am I accountable for what he's He's, he's, he's given me this bounty. And I think he knows the human condition and and this may not be true for you and that's fine. But if I'm looking at, um, an opportunity for generosity Mm -hmm. or I'm looking at $5,000 of credit card debt Mm -hmm. for me, my -hmm. human condition says, I can't give, I got to pay the debt. I got to, so in some sense, there's a hindrance to some type of missional move forward. Um, and it's not a a shame conversation. It's just, that's what is. Yeah. And I think that's right. It's back to the, what is the life of flourishing? And, you know, God doesn't necessarily mean for us to live, uh, you know, miserly lives or scared about spending or scared about having experiences. That's not a life of flourishing. Um, if I, if I trust him with my life, I actually get the most flourishing. And can I, do I really believe that? Yeah. What was it? Uh, Teresa of Lisieux was uh, from Silly Devotions and Sour-Faced Saints. Mm-hmm. Spare us, O oh Lord. Yes. Yeah, th- there's, God doesn't get any glory from a um, sour-faced... Uh, Look what I'm giving you know, up for saved, the Lord. You know, right. Saving, you know, right. uh, wise spender. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so for me then, debt has a, like, missionally it's put in a different light where if this debt will hurt my ability to live a life of flourishing, to, uh, be free to pursue God's mission to whatever, then I probably need to avoid it. And it's now a bigger, now it's, it's a bigger story question, mm-hmm. right? Not just, cause I do think, you know, I think when Christians talk about money in America, I think there's a reaction to, well, who are you to talk about? It's my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's your money in the same sense as, you know, your life is your life, meaning 
it's sort of yours, right? but it's really not. Right. It's partially true. It's partially <laughs> true, but it's really the point being, um, it, it isn't that I want to prevent you from flourishing. It's I'm trying to enable you. From, mm-hmm. I'm trying to say that's not the road to flourishing. Mm-hmm problem is with money, it's a really hard message because it seems like it is for like, it almost works. It's hard to get enough of something that almost works in the moment, right after I buy the iPhone 11, it actually feels like it worked for, I don't know, week. I don't know how long, however it is, the new car smell, where, whatever, whatever it is for a while, it seems like this is the life of flourishing, but it isn't now, you know, at some point, you need to buy a new phone. Don't feel bad about it. You right. need to buy a car. Fine. All of that's fine. Uh, it's, it's this question of what really is this life of flourishing? And it's, that's where back to the beginning, the desire for more actually sort of is competes with this life of flourishing that Jesus wants to give me. Yeah. Like it's right here. If I could just live the life he's giving me, it's a life of flourishing. Well, right. So if I'm consumed with what I don't have, and then I'm consumed with uh, strategizing about getting what right. I don't have, right? then it's going to circumvent uh, grace in yes. some way. Yes, that's right. I'm blocking it. Um, I'm trying to get it through a path that's just not going get, to get it to me. I do feel like there's, so there's that, there's this sort of private uh I don't know, protective guardedness at the same time, sort of a showmanship that, you know, both of those things kind of happen around money. Like it's none of your business, but I want to impress you. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Like both of those things are happening at the same time. And I think too, there's this sense of this is entitlement, like other people seem to have it. So I'm going to have it. Right. Like I'm less, I'm not going to be less than. Yeah. Uh, And that I think is, but that's a that's the wrong scale. Like other people maybe aren't living the life of flourishing. They've got the new gadget, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. Uh, and I feel like we we then rationalize whether it's going to a school we can't afford, buying a house we can't afford, buying a car we can't afford. Well, other people are doing it, and I'm not less than they are. They're not better than I am. Right. And does you know? Right. And that doesn't necessarily like they may not. They might be saying the same thing about somebody else. So there is, you said this word earlier, uh, well, maybe even pre-podcast, the sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting is I, uh, being in ministry, I struggle with this Mm -hmm. of a a sense of, well, I feel just as capable as another 39 year old and I'm decently intelligent and I can do things, but because we're in ministry, there's, you're naturally going to get paid less Mm -hmm. than other people. Mm -hmm. That's normal. Um, because we're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do struggle with the sense of entitlement. Well, I, you know, you're able to, you know, go on this all inclusive or you're able to do that and travel more and have a nicer car or your car doesn't break down like mine does or whatever right. else. And I, right. I really do battle with that. Well, right. I should, you know, I should be able to have this stuff too. If it was a fair world, I'd have if it, it was too. a fair world. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I think what, you know, what that's, doing is I do feel like wouldn't we do that? And I think everyone does that to some degree as if, if nobody went on that vacation, you'd be content. 
right. nobody else, whatever, <laughs> didn't no, have right. that thing, exactly. you'd be content. Well, that's not true. But here, it's like it's like Jesus is trying to give us this life of flourishing. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, have this flourishing, rich, full life. And we're like pushing that aside mm-hmm. and saying, well, I need this because somebody else has got mm-hmm. that. And again, it's back to this life of faith. Do I really believe? Do I believe that? Yeah. And that if I believe that I can have things or not have things, I can have uh, experiences, not have experiences. I can, uh, you know, whatever it might be, and I'll be flourishing uh, because I'm I'm living in peace and contentment and growing in Christ likeness and in you know worshiping Him. I have joy. I have all these things that come from that. That's the flourishing that he wants me to have is it, you know, one, again, I think I said this last time, one of the perspectives I have is I grew up in a home of affluence. My dad was a doctor, but it was really pretty chaotic, dysfunctional, unhappy. There was unhappiness. It was an unhappy home. Mm. And so when I look at somebody else going to some whatever vacation, my mind often goes to, yeah, but, right, you know, that doesn't, they could be miserable. We, I mean, we went to, you know, we, you know, the, the whole family got a condo at, you know, Gulf Shores or something and had a great time because, you know, it's a beautiful setting. Uh, the family's all together making memories or so on. Now we could have gone to the French Riviera and had a horrible time. Sure, right. But we'd have better pictures. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I'd have a better social media feed. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then somebody else would look at that and go, see, I need to do that. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a fake game. Yeah. The whole thing is just a rigged game where, uh, you know, you go camping in the woods and you have a memorable experience and it's wonderful and great. Somebody else goes to the French Riviera and they hate each other. <laughs> But we're like, Lord, why don't I get to go? To the I think if they went camping, they'd hate each other more. Probably so. More. <laughs> There's so. definitely divorce on the future of, of the settings. Could, you hate French I'm, I'm not a camper. Uh, so, but I think it's sort of this the story we tell about other people are getting a better deal. Yeah, and I think, like you said, like okay, it's this this hovering in between subconscious and consciousness. You almost don't even realize these quick comparisons. Oh, they make more than I do. Mm-hmm. They have more than I mm-hmm. do. Wow. Look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We don't even know. Right. Maybe it's all on a, on right. a, a totally credit card debt. Right. Maybe, or, you right. know, you have no idea, right. but you make right. these right. snap judgments right. so fast. Yes. Yeah. We're getting to the, the end of our time, but I'll, it seems like a good time to tell the story of, uh, a friend of my dad's, uh, a family friend. We didn't know them well, uh, but he had the best of everything snappy dresser, new big luxury cars, huge big home, whatever. And, uh, one day the feds show up and he is an, he and his adult son had a printing press in the basement and they were printing, they're making their own hundred dollar bills. Um, now this was, you know, 1970 something. So so many questions, you had to physically make (laughs) the, you know, the bills you didn't, you couldn't, there was no digital anything. Uh, back when counterfeiting was hard, <laughs> more work Back in the old days, yeah, the hard old days. Uh, I, I laugh, but it is sort of it's a sad story, and you know, it, in so many different ways, like what of a dark path you get to mm. before you tell yourself, yeah. "Here's what we should do: we should build a printing press mm. 
and try to get that sort of paper, the right kind of paper and whatever. But from the outside, up until the day before the Fed showed up, I'm sure a bunch of people looked at them and said, well, they've got some, yeah. you know, they've got a life that I need to have. They've with got a envy. life that yeah. look at them with envy when they actually, they should have, if they knew the whole picture, you'd be looking at them with pity. Yeah. You'd think what a dark, uh, fearful, crazy place that is. And they go to well, federal how prison. How many secrets and how right, many, right. how many things do you have to keep right. under wraps? That's right. Psychological the whole nine yards, sure. the whole game of it. And I think, I don't think everyone's like that, of course, but, uh, I'm convinced that, um, that's, that comparison game is flawed. And what I think it does is it's like your kids looking at some other kids in some other family saying, I wish I was in that family. Right. And what does the Lord think? Like, I'm giving you this life of flourishing and you're not even taking it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to some other place trying to get what I'm trying to give you. You just won't believe me. Uh, and I think that's the allure of more. It sucks us into something, but it also sucks us away from the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and I think for us, as you said, your, your challenge of the week is to concentrate on what you have. We yeah. almost need some sort of discipline to it because of the world that we live in. It's, it's, we can't get away from it. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you're going to watch some commercial. Well, I'll drive home and there'll be, you know, 16 other cars that I look at. Like, oh, yeah. well, that, that's a nice, that's car. A nice car. Right. <laughs> As my headlights kind of hanging out. <laughs> that's a whole other story, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, why do I have what I have? Um, is the desire for more pulling me away from the life God's trying to give me? Those are the bigger questions that I think we should... Uh, be thinking about this week and you know I guess we'll end with again the words of Jesus in John 10 10 that I come that you might have life and have it to the full and do we really believe that what does it mean to grab hold of that full life that he has for us Uh, and so that's our challenge this week uh, to grab hold of the full life that Jesus has for you and to not be seduced by more uh, in, in, in so doing that So with that, God's blessing, grace, and peace. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.